0: Let me uh, add another thing for you to think about in terms of uh, your own Christian discipleship in this month of January. One of the things in 2021 we're hoping to do is to bring back some of our glasshouse seminars in whatever format we're able to, to promote uh, growth in Christian discipleship together as a church. I'm going to read this book in January called Taking God Seriously by J.I. Packer. Uh, I'm planning to read about 10 pages a day and by the end of January I would have get, gotten to the end and I want to invite you to join me with, join with me grab a copy of the book Taking God Seriously I'll send you a link and read it in January and then meet together on Thursday night the 28th of January and I'll buy you an ice cream alright let's pray and then um, we'll jump into God's word together let's pray Our Father, we thank you for making yourself known to us and showing us the way of salvation through faith in your Son. We pray that you would so teach us now from your word that we might be thoroughly equipped for every good work that you've prepared for us, that we might walk into this new year trusting and following Jesus our Lord. We ask this for his sake. Amen. Well, I wonder if you've uh, looked at one of these images on your phone over the recent days, one that looked like this, um, or maybe one that looked like this, and you've wondered about how you went in your step count for 2020. Uh, Some of us are shaking our heads. Uh, Maybe that's because, like me, you failed to reach your goal of 10,000 steps a day. Maybe because you don't know what I'm talking about and counting steps... Sounds like a strange thing to do. Uh, For um, some of us, 2020 meant a massive jump up in our step count each day, uh, which is great. For others of us, we just wanted to keep moving in some fashion. And for still others, we were just struggling to walk at all. It was more of a case of shut the front door and keep out of trouble. Uh, I think those three categories of people, people who are thriving and kicking great goals, those who are struggling and fumbling together, and those who are just trying to work it all out, is kind of, I think, how our relationship with Jesus has been in the last year as well. Uh, Our relationship with Jesus, often referred to as our walk with Jesus, Uh, It's a picture of the the journey that life is. Uh, It's not a static thing. It's a picture of change, walking with Jesus. It's a picture of heading towards a destination. And it's a picture, I think, of a right response to what Jesus calls people to do when he says, follow me. When Jesus says, follow me, what will our response be as we seek to walk after him? Uh, for some of us last year, we smashed our walk with Jesus. We grew and we thrived. Others of us struggled and fumbled along. Others of us maybe still just trying to work it all out. And so like our actual step counts, uh, our actual fitness levels, we start a new year in all different places. Um, and that's okay. Okay. It's okay for us to all be at different places in our relationship with Jesus. That's what church is actually for. It's not for a whole bunch of people who are at the same point, who've got the same understanding, who have uh, known Jesus for the same length of time. Uh, It's for a whole bunch of different people at different points in their walk with him and we come together to help each other along the way whether you're thriving whether you're struggling or whether you're just inquiring into things we're so glad you're here we want to walk together we're keen to help each other along the way because as a church we're totally convinced uh, that following Jesus is still the call that's on each of our lives today following Jesus is still the call that's on each of our lives today. Uh, For for those in the first century there was a literal sense to following Jesus along those dusty uh, roads Uh, but following Jesus was always more than simply the one road and the one walk at the one time for that one group of people. To follow Jesus right from the very beginning, was about being his disciples. Learning from him and listening to him and ordering our lives under him. It's about following in his steps in terms of living like he lived and loving what he loves and listening to his voice It's about making his priorities your priorities. It's about making his plans and purposes the shape and the direction of your life. It's about placing your past and your present and your future, your hope, your security, your life in his very trustworthy hands. Ultimately, if you didn't hit your 10,000 steps a day goal last year like I didn't, It doesn't actually matter, right? No one was holding me to it. The new year kicks on and we can go again. There's no cost. There's no loss involved. But following Jesus and walking with him, that's not just a healthy life choice with no accountability. That is an eternal life choice with ultimate accountability. And so as we talk about walking with Jesus over the next few months, it's not something that we take lightly or think is an optional extra to your already full and healthy life. No, this is an eternal life choice with ultimate accountability. We're picking up today where we left off last Easter in Luke chapter 9, And when we left off here in Luke's gospel last year, this is what Jesus himself said about following him. Have a look at these verses from Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world? and yet lose or forfeit their very self. Following Jesus is about giving up your life only to find it in all its fullness in Jesus and in following his way. His way which is the way of the cross. It's a way of costly sacrifice and it's a way of unspeakable and eternal joy. It's a way that often looks upside down, but it's a way that brings peace that passes all understanding. So over the next few months, we're walking with Jesus. In verse 51, you heard Charles read a minute ago, uh, we see that Jesus resolutely sets out for Jerusalem. In chapter 19, verse 28, we see that Jesus arrives in Jerusalem. And in between... Chapter 9, he sets out. Chapter 19, he arrives. In between now and Easter, we're walking along that way to hear all that Jesus says about belonging to his kingdom and what following him is all about. Uh, One writer has said that the first nine chapters and the last five chapters of Luke's gospel, they're all about Jesus' victory at the cross and about the establishment of his eternal kingdom. And this in between bit from chapter 9 to chapter 19 is this travel narrative where the focus is on Jesus explaining what it will look like for someone to belong to him and to belong as an active member to his eternal kingdom. The journey includes a bunch of opposition, the journey includes some healthy and some not so healthy skepticism. The journey includes the ever-present immaturity and the anxiety of even Jesus' closest followers. And all those things, opposition, scepticism, immaturity, it's all there in our little introductory passage that we have before us this morning, where we see that Jesus is setting out on a walk with a purpose, a very clear one, and in the midst of that, he has a challenge to those who would follow him the challenge of the material cost of discipleship, the urgent demand of discipleship, and the committed focus of discipleship. That's what we're going to look at uh, this morning. So it's a walk with a purpose. Uh, verse 51 At the time as the time approached for Jesus to be taken up from heaven, he resolutely set out for Jerusalem it literally says that Jesus firmly set his face towards Jerusalem that's where his eyes that's where his mindset that's the where his direction is centered on Jerusalem the cross is before him as he walks this dusty road that is the purpose for which he came the purpose for which he walks to Jerusalem is to die for the sins of the world his eyes are on the cross And with those eyes fixed on the cross, filled with tears of compassion for a lost world, his eyes full of searching grace for the the weak and the lost, he walks to Jerusalem with a resolve of love to die for the sins of the world, to seek and to save the lost. That is the road that Jesus calls us to follow him on. The road of the cross and it 's for us helpful for us to realize this morning that Jesus' eyes are fixed on the cross that is his purpose and his mission, the very center of why he came into the world, so that over the coming months when we hear him talk about relationships and riches, when we talk we hear him talk about family and the future when we hear him talk about hope and happiness when he talks about the prodigal son and the good Samaritan that the thing that makes sense of everything else about Jesus and everything else about his kingdom is his sacrificial death on the cross that enables us to share in the life of his eternal kingdom. That is his purpose that is his goal. The Samaritans in uh, verse 52, remind us that this is going to be one, uh, a road where there is lots of opposition to Jesus and his purposes. The immaturity of his disciples is a great encouragement for you and for me, uh, that, uh, that we too can get in on this as we follow Jesus and we listen to him. Uh, and in verse 57, Jesus then has, th- has three individuals who want to follow him, who are full of zeal and enthusiasm And he checks their zeal and their enthusiasm with the reality of what it means to follow Jesus in this world and into the next. The first thing that he checks the the zeal and the enthusiasm with is the material cost of following Jesus. It's not the luxurious way full of creature comforts. Verse 57. As they were walking along the road, a man said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. To follow Jesus is to hold loosely to the things of this world and to recognise that heaven is our home that we are citizens of an eternal kingdom and we await from heaven a saviour who will bring us to be with him. The challenge of following Jesus is to hold loosely to the things of this world as we hold tightly to Jesus and his kingdom. So here's a New Year's question for you. What are the things of this world that you're holding on to too tightly that are causing you to hold too loosely to Jesus and his kingdom. Second challenge is the challenge of the urgent demand of Jesus' kingdom. Verse 59, he said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. That sounds like a particularly insensitive thing to say, doesn't it? A particularly harsh thing to say. And how does that square with Jesus telling people that they need to to, uh, keep their responsibilities to their ageing parents? It's an extreme point that Jesus is making where he doesn't seek to downplay the responsibilities of, of children to their parents but is seeking to emphasize the urgent demand of proclaiming the kingdom of God the picture that we get here isn't necessarily that there's an imminent funeral that this child needs to go and prepare with his grieving family the picture we get here is an indefinite delay let me wait for my parents to die and i'll deal with the family affairs and maybe sometime in the future I'll get around to following Jesus. You see, when placed alongside even the most fundamental relationships of this world and the responsibilities of this life, Jesus says that he and the proclamation of his kingdom are more important than anything. So here's the second New Year's challenge for you. Have you delayed indefinitely following after the Lord Jesus and all that entails? Prioritising other good and necessary things above Him? Or is it clear from your life that you've understood the urgency of his kingdom and proclaiming the gospel to the nations? Does that priority fit with your direct debits? Does that priority fit with your planning for your children and what you pray for them? Does that priority fit with how you use your time And how you build relationships. And how you connect with friends and neighbours. The urgent demand of the gospel is why Jesus also then calls his followers to a committed focus in following him. Verse 61. Still another person said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plough and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. There is a focus here and a commitment that Jesus says needs to be maintained by keeping your eyes fixed on him. You know when you teach someone to swim... Uh, One of the important things in swimming is where your head goes, the rest of your body will go. If your head goes up, your feet go down. Where your head goes, your body goes. The same with teaching kids how to drive, right? Where your head goes, your your body goes. That's what Jesus is talking about here with ploughing a field. If you don't keep your eyes fixed on where you're going as you drive the oxen, as you turn, they will turn. And you will not plough a straight field, Jesus says you need to put all those other responsibilities and distractions aside in priority sense, in commitment sense in a focus sense in order to follow him wholeheartedly. Here's the New Year's challenge for you, is that how you would describe your discipleship to Jesus? Jesus? a wholehearted commitment and an undistracted focus? That's a challenging question, isn't it? I often say that sometimes we treat Jesus a bit like the coriander on your curry. Add some texture, a little bit of flavour, but isn't really the substance of the thing. Uh, The one I was thinking about yesterday that we treat Jesus a bit like Coddy's ice magic on your ice cream. Totally awesome. But it's pretty good without it anyway. Do you think that about life? Jesus is totally awesome but life's pretty good without him anyway. The challenge that Jesus lays down to us is that he needs to be the committed focus, the undivided priority of our lives and our discipleship to him. And like he said at the beginning, this isn't an optional extra. This isn't a, a life choice that's healthy but you can do without. It's not coriander on your curry or ice magic on your ice cream. Jesus says whoever keeps their life for themselves will lose it. Whoever gives up their life for his sake will find it. Because it won't do you any good to gain the whole world and to forfeit your very soul if you're not trusting in Jesus and following him. So if you're one of those people who's been thriving in your walk with Jesus this year, keep going. Don't turn back. Keep your eyes fixed on him. If you're one of those people who's been struggling and fumbling along a little bit in the last year, now is a great season To prayerfully come back to Jesus. To listen to his voice and to walk in his ways. If you're one of those people who's just inquiring into things and you're not quite sure where you stand with Jesus, hear from him today that he doesn't leave room for you to sit on the fence, but challenges you to make a call. And so ask your questions. Listen to him. Talk with me or a trusted friend. Make sure you do those inquiries. Because this is an eternal life decision with ultimate accountability. And Jesus says there is life and there is hope, there is joy and there is peace in him and the kingdom that he came to establish. We'd love you to join us as members, as family, as disciples of Jesus. Let me pray for us. Our Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he is so clear, that he is so focused, that he was so compassionate and gracious, that he would lay down his life for us. Please help each of us to follow after him as disciples who are focused and committed, who are trusting and following him with everything we are and everything that we've got. We pray that you would strengthen us in this, in this season, for Jesus' sake. Amen.